Gets open for three. Dagger! Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Well Beyond the Arc. I'm Anoli. And I'm Montana. And we're at episode number 24. Glad you guys can be with us. Montana, how you feeling? How's, how's uh, Hawaii treating you these days? It's good. It's busy. Work's, work's really getting busy, but I'm sure a lot of people watching can relate to that. So work's just been picking up, but it's been beautiful out here. I, uh, I, I kind of forgot it was November. I'm not going to lie. You're wearing shorts, aren't you? I am wearing shorts. Every day. Every day, all day. Here I am wearing a jersey with long sleeves committing a fashion faux pas, but whatever. I'm in the Midwest in November. It's starting to get a little cooler. So God bless you, brother. But welcome to everyone. Uh, glad you can be with us. We'll be talking NBA basketball, as always, for the next hour. No, don't, don't mute Montana. We need him here. Um, a lot of different topics to get into uh, before we get into that, if you haven't done so already. Please hit that subscribe button if you're watching us on YouTube on the left uh, lower left corner. Um, trying to get that subscribership up here. We can't do it without your support. So please do so if you haven't already. If you listen to us on Spotify or anywhere else you're getting your podcast, welcome to you guys as well. And we're just going to jump right into it. Um, biggest story in the NBA over the past few days has been around Kyrie Irving. And we want to start by off the top. Well, beyond the arc, we're, we're a basketball show. We talk hoops. We talk NBA hoops specifically. Um, you know, Montana and I discussed we're not going to go into, you know, whether or not we think Kyrie should have got suspended, what he did, what he didn't do, conspiracy theories, what this means, all this other stuff. Neither one of us is qualified to talk to all of that. We're, we're here to talk hoops, guys. So, But we will talk about, and we're going to get into now, is how Kyrie's suspension, which we, we all can agree on he's suspended for at least five games. We're going to talk about how that suspension is going to affect the Brooklyn Nets. So, I mean, Montana, right off the bat, Nets are down another all-star for, you know, at least another couple games. Could be more, could be less. Um, how's that going to affect Brooklyn's ball club going forward here? Arguably, I think that they've gotten better since he's been off the court. I wouldn't say they've gotten a lot better, but I'd say Kevin Durant has taken on much more of the workload. And, of course, I mean, I, I believe he's, you know, 30s. You don't really want a player in their 30s to take on too much of a workload. But at the same time, I think it's I think that it's just fine. I think that it's worked. I think that we've seen them play better basketball without Kyrie on the floor. And that's not really anything against Kyrie's game because he's looked pretty decent when he's been on the floor this season. I just think there's a different mentality, a different mindset since he's gone that is helping them win some more ball games. But I, I don't think... I don't think that him being there or him being gone is as big of a factor as some people think. I don't think that Nets team is going to go very far with him, and I don't think they're going to go very far without him. I think that they're in a situation that goes way beyond what, what's happened with him and, and the suspension. They've been a struggling organization, a pretty toxic organization for the last six, seven years now. So maybe not six, seven years, but going on, going on, I'd say three to five years, they're definitely an organization that has had a lot of problems and been in the media in negative ways more than just this. So I would say that it is not going to affect them too much either way but if anything i'm leaning more towards good because i think kevin durant is going to really we've seen him piece together some great performances and, and put up some shows since kyrie's been out so maybe that will continue and help start a, a streak and get them in a better place yeah i mean kyrie irving went on the court he's one of the most talented players in the nba he's only if you can believe it, he's only i can't believe i'm saying only just turning 30 years old he's in his athletic prime um 
got some of the best handles in the game, great all around point guard, good shooter and things of that nature, you know, things of that stuff. Nets have gone two and one since he's been suspended, but those two wins have been against the Washington Wizards, which solid Eastern Conference team, a little bit better than most thought. Blew them out by 40. Um, and it came that Kevin Durant crossed over Daniel Gafford so bad, created an instant meme. I think it's gone around all the social media platforms. Um, beat a Charlotte Hornets team that isn't really good right now without Lonzo Ball. Barely beat those guys and barely lost to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, by two points where uh, Nets even had a chance to win it there at the end. So yeah, they're two and one without him, four and seven on the season here. Um, but in the NBA, you need talent. And I agree with you that Kyrie Irving isn't going to, the way that they're playing and the, what they've proven last year, you know, they're probably going to hover around 500. Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving have had great games, 30 plus point games in the same game. And it still hasn't translated into wins. Um, they are getting Joe Harris is starting to play a little bit more as he comes back from that, uh, that foot injury that he was out most of the last season on Seth Curry's finally coming back and starting to get himself into playing shape. That's going to be a valuable piece off the bench. So the Nets are adding talent. I think that the Nets are better with Kyrie Irving, but it is, uh, it is interesting that the Nets are playing better record wise. Now, granted, they haven't played many, anybody, um, I mean, other than the Dallas Mavericks, but I, I think they need Kyrie Irving. I really do. I think they're better with them, more talent on the floor. It's another threat to help Kevin Durant. Cause right now from an offensive standpoint, Kevin Durant is on an Island and he's doing what he's putting up numbers. He's averaging over 30. Um, but you know, the next five games, they have the New York Knicks. They're going to be playing at home against the Knicks at the Los Angeles Clippers as they start a West coast trip at your Lakers at the Sacramento Kings at Portland trailblazers. They're going to have they're not going to have Kyrie for at least two of those games. But even on that five game road trip, Montana, and we haven't even started talking about Ben Simmons yet. But those five games, how many do you see them winning? Um, I can see them at least winning three of those. I think they can at least pull three wins off. I, I don't think I do think that those are definitely more legit opponents than who they faced and seen. You know, however many games Kyrie is not in, I think that will definitely affect them because I do agree he is a talented player. He does add a lot of talent every time he steps on the court. But the problem is the Nets as a whole are not a complete team. They remind me of an Eastern Conference Lakers, a couple of stars and then a poorly constructed roster after that. So I think it's a pretty similar situation. We've got a point guard that has a lot of different things. Like it's it's pretty. They kind of mirror each other in a lot of ways. So, you know, I but in this at the same time, I think Kevin Durant is more capable of carrying a team at the moment than LeBron would be. And I think we could see Kevin Durant put up some big numbers, get some other role players involved, and at least piece together three wins. Yeah, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both ball dominant. And I think your comparison to the West Co- Eastern Co- uh, Conference version of the Lakers is spot on, right? I mean, both those guys need to have the ball in their hands to, to do damage. Um, that's why when the, both of them put up 30 points, it's almost like they're taking turns, getting their shots and getting their buckets. And it's still not translating into wins. Seth Curry coming back, I think is going to help, but Ben Simmons, and th- we'll get into this in good, bad and ugly later on. But I mean, he's putting, you want to talk about triple single Ben Simmons isn't doing anything for that team. And he's, I mean, yes, he's playing, which is more than what we can say about him last year, but he's not helping right now. And that's only going to hurt that team going forward. Right. And I and I do agree. I, it's 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 very tricky to see 
the Nets being a team that I, anyone is going to take serious and, unless they kind of blow their, their roster up and just and try to keep Kevin Durant. But you really can't. You're not in a place to do that. They've not put themselves in a position where they can build a team around Kevin Durant. And it just, you know, even even Kevin Durant, I'm pretty sure, has wanted out. So, I mean, how are you going to win games when you have all these players that are wanting out or do in all these different situations? It's just it, they're not putting themselves in good situations. And the Nets have bought into this situation. They have spent a lot of money and spent a lot of time to put themselves in this situation. But I think at this point they thought they'd have a couple titles out of Kevin Durant and Kyrie, but not even not even anything too notable at all. Yeah, I mean, having talent and all the talent you can get isn't necessarily translating into championships into wins all the time. It's just this, this roster is just not a good roster put together from top to bottom. So they're going to continue to struggle in my opinion as well. Well, let's uh, speaking of struggling, let's get uh, into state of our squads and uh, no, that wasn't a shot at your Lakers, but uh, Lakers had another rough week. Did get their second win Montana, but floor is yours to rant about your uh, beloved Los Angeles Lakers. So, yeah, I mean, the Lakers definitely improved in a lot of areas this last week. What Russell Westbrook was is playing phenomenally. He is, is arguably one of the only bright spots on the team right now. When Anthony Davis is on the floor, we saw kind of a resurgence of a duo on the Lakers because we haven't really seen that duo energy with LeBron and AD for a couple of, for a season at least. And seeing Westbrook and AD working together and making some nice plays, that was really the duo that I thought that's the duo more than LeBron and AD so far this season. They looked really Really nice and really in touch. So a lot of positivity, you know, getting better with our threes. I saw improvement with the threes, taking less looks and, and the ones that they were taking, they were cashing in more. Reeves had a pretty good week. Matt Ryan had a pretty good week. So there's a lot of high points. Unfortunately, that did not translate into wins. And my biggest problem is it's always the third. It's always the third. The Lakers were beating the Cavs going into the third, and then they just got stomped after that. Same with the Jazz. They they cannot piece these wins together, and they can't hold on. Once they get it, they let go. And a big reason, in my opinion, is LeBron James. I don't – I'm not – happy with LeBron at all so far this season because he's had a couple you know 27 point games 20 but it doesn't it's not translating into wins it's it's like you said about the Nets you can have big points but it's not translating and I don't I don't see the LeBron that I was hoping to see so far I don't see that I don't know I don't know what's going on I know we were going to touch on LeBron a little bit later and and maybe what we our our topic on that is part of it but I just I've not liked LeBron so far AD's been all over the place so it was a week that looked a lot better but to me we're still lacking the pieces we need to turn in you know a 1 and 2 into a 3 and 0 or even a 2 and 1 for the week so you know we're we're lacking we're struggling big week this week already dropped a game to the Jazz uh, last night, and I totally thought that was going to be our bounce back game, but to- not not quite yet. And then we've got it. We've got Kings, we've got Clippers, and we've got um, we just Nets on Sunday. So we've got ourselves a, a big week, and and I'd like to say we can at least go two and two on the week because I think we can we can beat the Nets, and I know we can beat the Kings. But right now, I don't know because we're not consistent enough within the game for me to think we can pull any wins off. So better week overall in a lot of areas, but still a lot to be left wanting. I did think that Matt Ryan game time three was pretty cool. Uh, dude was uh, literally working. I think he was working in a cemetery and he was also a door dasher. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, he's hitting crucial late game threes for the Los Angeles Lakers of all teams. And it's not, again, we say it every week. It's not to be confused with, current court quote 
Colts, Englishman only, Colts quarterback, uh, Matt Ryan. This is a different Matt Ryan, but that was pretty cool. But I agree. Lakers got to step it up. As far as uh, my Bulls go, I'm going to be a broken record again. We're back at 500, um, and we're going to be 500 for most of the season, if not the whole entire season, the way things are going. I think we'll be 500 till at least Lonzo, hovering around 500 until at least Lonzo Ball comes back, which thankfully there's been some uh, positive updates on his recovery from this latest knee surgery. Whatever the surgery was that helped clean up his knee and get that those bone spurs off the nerve has definitely helped. Um, they still have the Bulls still had not given a timetable for his return, but you know, solid week, um, split a back-to-back with the Toronto Raptors, uh, you know, with the Eastern Conference contending team, uh, had a heck of a battle with the Boston Celtics on Friday, DeMar DeRozan put up 46 points, but the schedule is not going to be the Bulls friend um, if they continue to monitor Zach Levine and, and sit him at least on one half of all these back-to-backs. So far, the Bulls have played 12 games. That's tied for the most in any team in the league with the Utah Jazz, which oddly enough are nine and three and sitting in the one seat of the Western conference. If you can believe that, but more teams are focusing in on DeMar DeRozan and not letting DeMar DeRozan beat them. When Zach Levine's on the floor, like you said, you saw last night against the Raptors, that game plan doesn't work because Levine's your max player, a talented all-star guard that can do everything on the court and he can take over that role. If Levine's sitting on that first half of the back-to-back, the bulls are going to struggle. So like I said, 500 from here on out, and I hope I'm wrong for the better, but we shall see. A team that's not 500, well, teams that aren't 500, and the teams we talk about the most here on Well Beyond the Arc, for better or worse, are the Los Angeles Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets. And there's been some rumors already about your boy Anthony Davis, Montana. He may be available in trade talks already. We're only about 10 games in. They're already talking about trading AD. Granted, they're just rumors, but... Is this the time, if you're the Lakers, to trade Anthony Davis and or LeBron James and or Russell Westbrook, which we talked about last week? And then if it's the Brooklyn Nets, well, actually, let's let's start with the Lakers first. If you're the Lakers, do you trade any of those guys, primarily AD? No. you you The only one you might trade is Russell Westbrook. And even now, I'm not sure if that is the right move to, to go with because I do think that Westbrook could offer us more than he won't offer us. And I think that he's a solid player. And I think that if we can just get a couple other pieces, we'll be fine. So Westbrook's the only one that I would say, absolutely. You know, that's the one that I feel, but AD, no, I don't, I don't see that making any sense at this point. Now, after the season is up or if there's just, you know, if the writing is on the wall at any point, then maybe we look into something, but I don't think the writing is on the wall yet. And if the Lakers, you know, really folded that quickly, that would be just, that would be weak to me. That wouldn't be because I know that we can be great with LeBron and Anthony Davis and maybe even Russell Westbrook. So I think that's way too soon to be saying that, but I've seen those reports and they're, they're building up. They're going pretty constantly. There's a lot of buzz around it. Yeah. I mean, I I said it last week. I think that if I'm the Pacers or if I'm, if I'm the Lakers, I try to trade Russell Westbrook and ask back for Buddy Heald and, and Miles Turner. And then once Westbrook gets to the Pacers, buy him out, let him join whatever team he wants after that. Um, that's a trade I make. I'm going to say that until it happens. Um, as far as AD and LeBron go, it's too soon. It's way too soon. And uh, being a newbie to Twitter because of the blog, man, Twitter is a cesspool. But you should see the New York Knicks fans putting together mock trades for Anthony Davis. It's hilarious. I mean, Cam Reddish, um, four first-round picks, 
and I don't know, some guy's never heard of. And if I've never heard of him being a basketball junkie, that's news for Anthony Davis. There's no way the Lakers are going to do that. But, you know, if, if the Lakers continue to, to toil and they're falling farther and farther out of the Western Conference playoff picture, AD's your, your trade value. He's your chip right now. He's the guy that's going to get you the most back. If I'm the Lakers, would I trade him? No. But if the season's going way south, I mean, people might want to trade for LeBron, but they got they have to take on that that contract that's like, was it two years, 48 million per year with Grant? He's got a player option to get out of it, but that's a lot of money for a guy that's getting up there in age. Still one of the best players in the league, but he's starting to show signs of slowing down or maybe he's pacing himself and waiting for the playoffs, which if you're the Lakers might not happen, unfortunately. So that's kind of my two cents on the Lakers, but let's look at the Brooklyn Nets. Their, their trade chips are Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is on an expiring deal at 36 mil this year. Kevin Durant's got that four-year extension. I think he's got another, I think he's got four years left. I think the extension kicked in this year uh, for about 196 mil. If you're Brooklyn, and we talked about, we just talked about how that roster is poorly put together. If you're Brooklyn, do you try to trade one or two, both of those guys? Now, now this is a complete opposite scenario. With the Lakers, it's like, you know, it's too soon, but with the Nets, it's, it's beyond time, I would say, to make a move. And while I don't think, the, the Kyrie Irving situation has, has made it very hard for me to see a team really being willing to make a trade at this point. Maybe eventually throughout the season, if, if stuff with whatever goes on, but I just, I find it very hard to see Kyrie Irving being an easily movable player. But I do think Kevin Durant is and should be moved sooner than later because Kevin Durant, yes, you know, he still has some, you know, gas in the tank. He can still put up big numbers, but he wants to be a part of a team and an organization that is actually pushing to win a championship. And, and the nets are not going to do that. Whether they can keep Kyrie and KD, I mean, they'll be, they'll be a play in game bounce out or first round bounce out easily, no matter what. So I don't think that holding on to pieces such as Kevin Durant is going to do anything other than hurt you more. I think blowing that roster up, getting some new faces in and just trying to build a team like that last really successful nets team with D'Angelo Russell. That was solid. That was a solid squad of role players that played like stars together. So I think you blow it up and you go back to that formula because that's the last time the nets were actually successful in my opinion. As a Lakers fan, if you're if you're the GM and Rob Palenka's fire, which I'm sure you're dreaming about every day, if you're the Lakers GM and Sean Marks of the Nets offered you Kyrie Irving and your choice of Seth Curry or Patty Mills to make the salaries work for Russell Westbrook, right now, would you do it? No. You wouldn't I, take Kyrie Irving because I, I believe he's going to be back in a few games. I really do. But – you wouldn't take Kyrie Irving and Seth Curry, another shooter, or Patty Mills on a team that desperately needs shooting. You wouldn't take that for Russell Westbrook. Expiring contract for expiring contract. No, wow. Westbrook's, Westbrook's bought in now. If Westbrook's bought in, then we're wow. pretty much set with Westbrook. So I, I'm okay. not going to switch gears completely because I've been talking trash on Westbrook almost since episode, <laughs> maybe since episode one of the show. But I'm not trying to switch up. I'm just saying that I think that this is the role – that Russell Westbrook will be able to be successful in on the Lakers and successful overall. I think this is the most success he's going to be able to find if he can lead a second unit for the Lakers. So I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's worth it. And, and it, it goes beyond the situation with Kyrie at the moment, Kyrie, Kyrie on and off the court. There's been a lot of things within the last two years that make me question if I would want him on my team. 
if I'm a, if I'm the GM of the Lakers, I I pull the trigger because I get another shooter, and that Lakers team desperately needs shooting. But that's me, and I I don't know if I would take Patty Mills or Seth Curry. I think I'd rather have Seth Curry, but Patty Mills is a spark plug. I can get you some quick buckets in a hurry. Uh, I mean that that's just me. Kevin Durant's got trade value, but that's a massive contract. And Kevin Durant's 34, going on 35. He'll be 35, I think, in the spring after the calendar turns. Um, still, obviously, a great player. Still averaging 30 points. Still getting buckets. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm a team that I'd want to take on Kevin Durant for four years at that contract. Great player, absolute great player. But man, I think I think you. I, I, my prediction is I think Kyrie Irving is going to come back to the Nets. They're not going to move him, but I think Kyrie Irving's the easier one to move than Kevin Durant, believe it or not. That's just yeah. me. Contract, contract wise, absolutely. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of owners and a lot of, a lot of, you know, GMs and people in the front office that will look beyond a lot of the stuff going on outside of basketball or outside of whatever sport it is and just look at the player for what they are as a team. And looking at that, you know, I, I do think Kyrie Irving can offer, a lot to a team, but we haven't, I haven't seen it enough since he left the Cavs. It has been all about him and it hasn't really been about the team. And ever since he's been a leader, he has shown that he has failed in a leadership position and, and putting two failed leaders in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving together and, and asking them to lead a team. How is that going to work? I just, the entire you're watching it. You're watching yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been going great for him. So it, Hey, I honestly though, I'm not a big Kevin Durant fan, so I wouldn't mind seeing him bounce from the plan even. So keep it up, Nets. <laughs> well, a team that folks are not expecting to make it to the play, and they're probably better than last year, but who knows they're going to end up in the West, Dallas Mavericks. And they're being led by their superstar, Luka effing Doncic. Dude has had nine straight 30-point games to start the season. Um Shades of Will Chamberlain, Wilt uh, the Still territory right there. And he's one of the favorites for MVP this year. I mean, what Luka's doing, he is tearing up the league. Doesn't matter who the Mavericks are playing. Now, I think the Mavericks are 6-3, and 5-3, and three, something like that. Um, but still, they're winning for the most part. For you, Montana, and we'll, I want to get your top five MVP voting right now in a second, but is, is Luka your front runner for the MVP? Yeah, absolutely. And he um... – I believe when we did our early predictions, I had him winning it because I, I see him being a player or at least he was one or two on, on, on my list of people. But I'm pretty sure I had him winning it because I think this is his year. I think it's been his year. It, you know, he's been a player, but I think it's his year. I think he's going to really take over the league and he's he's doing it. All. Look where he's at. I mean, he's already taking it over. And the Cavs, in my opinion, are a pretty underperforming roster as a whole and he's leading them to a pretty solid record does he have role players and good players behind him he's got some decent talent behind him but it's all Luka yeah I mean look the Mavericks are going to go as far as Luka Doncic takes him he's definitely the most valuable player to his squad right I mean if he goes down the Mavericks aren't even making the playoffs they they might they they might float around the play-in or whatever but they're not anywhere near where they can be with Luka without Luka Doncic on the floor um, another team I could say that about right now, the way they're playing is the Warriors and Steph Curry, because he's the only one that seems to be playing right now. I mean, Wiggins is having some decent games here and there. Pool, Clay Thompson struggling, although he did have a, a Clay Thompson-like game the other night in a loss at Orlando. Um, Yanni said to Dukumbo, if you take him off the Bucks, they're they're still maybe a lower tier Eastern Conference team, but they're not a championship contender without Yanni said to Dukumbo. So. 
for me, and let's we'll go through them right now. For me, I don't have Luka Doncic as my front runner. He's number two. The guy whose uh, FIBA jersey I'm wearing, Yannis Adetokounmpo, is my number one right now. And I know he's got two MVPs in his trophy case already. And I know it's the year of Luka. The dude got in shape, and he's we were afraid to prove it to the world. But hell, let's just go through our top five MV, uh, I guess MVP ladder, if you will. Go to, go start. Give me your five all the way down to number one for you. Okay, perfect. So starting at five, I've got Dame. Damian Lillard is is having himself a great season. He is a player that is always up there in MVP talks, at least early on. He's having himself a great season. So I've got Dame at five. I've got John Morant at four, another player who's been in the MVP talks, especially early in the season the last few years. I've got Donovan Mitchell at three, and he has been playing fantastically. Like I said a couple episodes back before, I think it was right after he was traded or before he was traded, um, he is a player that is absolutely going to progress and advance in Cleveland. And he's going to become like his full, his full self. I think he's going to reach his full potential being in Cleveland. So I have him at three, but I can easily see him bumping up throughout the season. Number two, I've got Giannis again, having a great season looks great, but I, Luke is my number one and Luke is solidly my number one right now. But again, it's really early and any five of these guys are like, even like five to six others could easily be the MVP by the end of the season. No, it's a solid list. Solid list. I think uh, Damian Lillard is one of my favorite players in the league. He's got to stay on the floor. He's been hurt a couple of, for a couple of games, but he's looked good when he's been on the floor. So hopefully get back to action and uh, continue that uh, MVP slash superstar level uh, pace. For me, number five, I have Steph Curry. He's averaging almost 33 points a game. And where would the Warriors be? Now, granted, the Warriors are struggling. But where would they be without Steph Curry right now, with the way the rest of that team's performing right now? He's been the offense. Uh, so I have a number five, believe it or not. Number four, I have Jason Tatum. Celtics uh, don't have, you know, they made a coaching, well, they were forced to make a coaching change. Uh, right before training camp here. But Jason Tatum has been balling out. He's averaging over 30 points a game, you know, 10, 11, 12 games into the season for the Celtics there. Um, you know, Celtics are among the top teams in the Eastern Conference, again, to the surprise of nobody. Maybe us, because we thought there'd be a little bit of a adjustment with Joe Mazzulla, but give the Celtics credit. And Jason Tatum's been balling out. Number three, I'm in total agreement with you, Donovan Mitchell. And the way Donovan Mitchell has been balling in Cleveland if he's number three on the list, it just shows you how good these top three guys are for MVP and how difficult it's going to be to win the award. But Donovan Mitchell uh, changes scenery. It's been a great fit with Darius Garland, even though you know he's been injured most of the season. But when they play together, watch out. Good luck stopping those guys. Karis LeVert, uh, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, uh, those guys. It's been fun to watch, and the Cavs have been even better than what we thought. Number two, like I said, I got Luka Doncic. Um, if the Mavericks make it as a top three seed in the West, I'm willing to reconsider it. But right now, they're still hovering too close to 500 for me, even though he's having a breakout season. 36 points per game, eight and a half rebounds, eight and a half assists. The guy's literally doing it all for the Dallas Mavericks. You take him off that team, they're nowhere near the playoffs. And then number one, I have a two-time MVP and, four, and uh, NBA champ. Defensive player of the year, Milwaukee Bucks superstar, Jay's favorite guy, Giannis Adedokumbo at number one. He's he's taken it to another level so far, and he's had to with the Bucks missing Chris Middleton to injury so far. And the Bucks, they're they're a better team with Chris Middleton, but they they, they have not it's been interesting. And I have no idea where that music is, is coming from. If you hear it too.
Yeah. All right. So Giannis Antetokounmpo for me is number one uh, on my MVP uh, on, on my MVP ladder. All five of my guys are averaging 30 points per game. Uh, other than the Warriors, uh, Celtics, Cavs, Mavericks, and Bucks are all well above 500. I think the Bucks are eight or nine and one. Just lost their first game the other night. So, look, it'll be interesting to see. We have, still have a lot of season left, and uh, we'll see who takes home that NBA's most coveted award. But for now, we're going to be playing the Internet's most coveted game show. It's, it's a time for another episode of <laughs> Thank You, Jay, the cinematic music of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, it's time for another edition of NBA Player Or. And if you've been watching well beyond the arc, you know how the game is played, but we're going to go through it again anyway, just in case we have some newbies joining our program. Every week, I give Montana the name of five people, five guys. He's got to tell me whether or not they are current or NBA, current or former NBA players or somebody from another profession. What that other profession is changes week to week. It could be European politicians, famous ice skaters, WWE wrestlers, um, traffic cops. I don't know. It's whatever I figure out on that day. So Montana to date is 78 out of 110. That's nearly 72% correct. Probably about 70% right there. And he said it. He said it a couple episodes ago. He's just guessing most of the time, which... God bless you, man. But if Montana gets the answer to one of the questions correct, you will hear the sound. Victory! Thank you, Johnny Drama. And if he gets it incorrect, you will hear this appropriate sound. All right. Montana, how are you feeling today? Good. Feeling great. I think I'm on a two one or two streak i don't know i'm not sure what one, one or two correct um I got, I'm, I'm going off of at least i'm got. i'm going off of at least one i got i know i got the last one right but i thought i got the last two in a row of the last episode okay. right i'm not sure though so i'm on it i'm on a two i'm on a two right streak i'm going to continue that make it seven well we'll see how this goes um how familiar are you with sports illustrated are we talking about like um there's a second uh, part to this question. Go ahead, answer the first part. No, um, no, yeah, sure. I'm I'm really familiar with it. Okay. How familiar are you with the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition? Mm. You, need to, you need to brush up on it. Yeah, I need to do some some studying. I'm I'm not okay. sure. Not not super uh, familiar, <laughs> but hey. Well, today's NBA player category is NBA player or Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. Okay, I, you know. the, the 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 long dramatic pause says it all. I'm just I'm trying to process this right now. I'm, this is this is a tricky one. You've got me with this one. I'm I'm gonna look, have to look. All I'm gonna tell you, the only hint I'm gonna give you is don't overthink. Okay, that's it. Perfect. Don't overthink. Perfect. Don't overthink. And the second hint I'm gonna give you, and this is the first time well beyond the arc that I'm even giving you hints before we play. The second hint, and it's only gonna come up in one of the from one of the names is what are you doing Dragic? Derek Rose can go upstairs. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Perfect. All right. Those are great hints. Here we go. Name number 1. Is this a name of an NBA player or sports 
illustrated swimsuit model. The name is Kelly Olinick. NBA. Victory! Not going to get me with that. Thank, You're not gonna thank get me God. I'm not even going to go through Kelly Olinick's stats or where he's played. He's a current forward for the Utah Jazz. Montana got it. That's a sanity check. We can continue on with the show. We don't have to stop right now. All right. One for one. Name number two. Is this the name of a former or current NBA player or Sports Illustrated swimsuit model? The name is Shannon Click. Shannon Click. I want to go with model. Victory! It sounds like she can be a different type of star, but that's the correct answer. Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. Thank you, Google. Seriously, I had to Google that. Name number three. Is this the name of a current or former NBA player or Sports Illustrated swimsuit model? The name is Shannon Brown. NBA. Victory! He's three for three, folks. Thankful. Shannon Brown, and he's a former Laker, too. Former Laker, former Phoenix Sun. I believe he's from the Chicagoland area, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, former uh, guard, high flyer, solid player. Definitely not a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. All right, Montana, the next two is where it gets a little more difficult. You're three for three. Got you to lay up this far, but you got to take it home now. Name number four. Is this a current or former NBA player or a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model? The name is Stacy King. Stacy King. I'm gonna go. Ooh. I'm gonna stick with NBA. Victory! Use that hint pretty well. Stacy King, former three-time champion with the Chicago Bulls, uh, out of the University of Oklahoma. Uh, was on the first three-peat team, played with the Bulls until 94, then played with the Minnesota Timberwolves and Miami Heat. He is the current uh, color analyst for Bulls TV games, and he is the guy when I said, what are you doing, Dragic? Derek Rose can go upstairs. He was the one that made that call. Probably didn't know that, but you got the answer right anyway. All right, Mon- Montana, you have the world on edge here. Four for four. Is this going to be a five for five? Last, fifth, and final name. Is this an NBA player or Sports Illustrated swimsuit model? The name is Kirby Griffin. Kirby Griffin. See, I'm going to go with what I don't think it is. Because I don't think that it's a model, but it's a model. Flawless victory. Let's go. Kid, kid, kid's got some uh, some drama in him. Yes. All I got to say is Kirby Griffin is a Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit model. So that's um, five for five. Still, still all guesses. I don't know any any of the models' names at all. So that was that was complete. Well, not guesses for Shannon Brown and Kelly Olenek, but every other one was a guess. So I, I've bad. not I've not. Uh, Looked through a Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit model in about fi- or mag in about 15 years. Never heard of those names, no. um, but more. Hey, five for five. That's all that matters. On a seven streak, I think. I think I'm on a seven. I got to keep track of that. 
He's a one-man Elias Sports Bureau, folks. Well, we're going to hold for a quick message from the Yankee and the Brit. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Jay from Yankee and the Brit telling you to come over and check out our shows. The Yankee and the Brit Sports Talk, Well Beyond the Arc, The Markout Podcast, Flagrant and Foul, Real Talk with Jay, and MMA Underground Weekly at YouTube backslash The Yankee and the Brit. Deuces. All right. Well, hey, you got some encouragement from Daniel. Shout out Daniel joining us most weeks, I think every week. So thanks for joining us again, Daniel. All right. Um, Dwight Howard, former All-Star. Debatable whether or not he should have been on the NBA's uh, top 75 list. Current free agent is a free agent no more. Dwight Howard, uh, former Laker. I think he was with the Lakers last year, right, Montana? Former Laker, yes. Uh, he's taking his talents to Taiwan. That's right. You you heard that here, folks. Taiwan. He is signed with the – I'm going to butcher this name. Taiwan Leopards of Taiwan's T1 League. Montana, is this a big deal, little deal, or no deal at all? Good for Dwight, but – I think it's huge because I've already seen – so I follow him on social media because I'm going to be honest. I know that he had a pretty up-and-down career as a Laker, but I really like that he won a championship with the Lakers and how much he – I think he was a huge contribution to that championship. So I'm a really big Dwight Howard guy. So I have him on all the social media, and I saw him post a little video – and it seems like he has a gigantic fan base there. So why wouldn't you want to go to a place where everyone's going to embrace you? It kind of feels like he's starting to get kind of pushed to the side here. Why wouldn't he want to go somewhere where he's going to be front and center and probably put up some pretty good games? So I don't think I think I think it's a big deal for him. And I think that it's a big deal for that basketball league. And I think that it will be really exciting to see him just still being able to play basketball. But is it a big deal to like everybody and into the sports world? Probably not a super big deal, but I think it's it's definitely something that he should be celebrating and proud of because going to a place that is going to embrace you that much at this point in your career is awesome. So props to him for finding a place that works for him because he definitely still has it in the tank. I'm going to be honest, the Lakers kind of screwed him last year. So I, I think that the reason that a player like him and Carmelo Anthony aren't getting picked up isn't their fault. I think the Lakers made him look pretty damn bad last year. But I'll stop my rant about the Lakers there. But I do think that that definitely makes made those players look worse than they really are and look like they don't have as much as they really do. So good for him. Um, I, I think it's great. I think that he's going to have a lot of fun down there and, and I think he's going to get a lot of love and he definitely deserves that at this point in his career. He deserves his flowers. He's almost done. Yeah. Look, he's 37. Um, still keeps himself in great shape. Uh, he's still very tall. Um, I mean, I don't know much about the Taiwan T1 league haven't uh, brushed up on that league yet, but I, I'm I'm pretty confident that there isn't anybody in that league that can guard Dwight Howard right now. Um, if he's not looking getting looks from NBA teams, why not? I mean, if you're go go, go with the fans that are showering you with love, go for it. I mean, you see how it worked with some other guys like uh, Kobe and T Mac were big in China, but look what it did for Stephon Marbury. Stephon Marbury was basically. I don't know if I want to say black ball, but no one was really looking to pick him up. And he got an opportunity to go play in China and it changed his life. And he's coaching over. He's become a basketball legend over there. Now he's coaching over there. So who knows? The possibilities are are endless for Dwight Howard. Good for him that he's got a gig. Um, I agree. I don't know if this is a huge deal. It's probably a big deal for him, Uh, but who knows? It doesn't mean that 
he can't return to the NBA if someone wants to sign him for the second half of the season, even, even your Lakers. So we'll see. All right, let's get into our good, bad, and ugly for this week. Uh, we started this a couple weeks ago. Each week, Montana and I pick something that we from the NBA that's good, something that's bad, and something we just think is ugly. Montana, what's your good? So my good this week, again, I don't want to be too much, uh, you know, too much on the Lakers, but my good this week is Russell Westbrook. And it's not just because he's a Laker. It makes me really happy to see Russell Westbrook being embraced like he is by a fan base again and having fun playing the game of basketball, how he plays it. So my good was Russell Westbrook looking at it outside of the Lakers and just him as a player. I was really, really happy to see him kind of start bouncing back and look like him old self because that's looking like his old self is a big is a big deal for him. I think he has an identity that he's found and he really lost that last season so i'm glad that he looks more like himself and it doesn't matter what jersey he's in just seeing him playing more like himself is a positive thing in my opinion for the league good for russell westbrook i'm glad to see him thriving that six-man role for me my good is luka Doncic. i mean we talked about it already mv top mvp candidate dude's leading the league in scoring uh he's rebounding i mean that's nothing new but he's just taking it to a whole new level i mean making ben simmons look foolish on a Quasi crossover the was it last night the other night uh, yeah. when they took on Brooklyn, I mean he is he is putting the NBA on notice and over the off season he got himself in shape he balled out in Eurobasket, dude's literally doing it all. I mean he's suing his mom. There's nothing that he can do that he, but Luka Doncic can't do right now. So Luka Doncic is my good so far. What about your bad? So my bad is the unfortunate injury that James Harden sustained because I truly think that James Harden has started to look more like himself, in my opinion. I think that he's starting to get his touch back and he's looking he's looking really good. And I think that 76ers team, you know, if, if you've got him and Embiid on the same page, I think that could be a really scary duo and one of the best duos in the league. But they just haven't really gotten to find that footing yet. And so the fact that he's out, I believe it was four to six weeks is what I saw. Um, not a terrible, least, yeah. not a terrible injury, but it, that at least part is is a problem. And this, the 76ers are a team that's kind of been up and down this whole season. They have good games, they can't pull them off. They have okay games, they win. It, it's just been an, a, it's been a roller coaster for the 76ers so far. But I think that James Harden has been a bright spot, and I think that that James Harden come playoff time would help you win a championship. So luckily it's only the beginning of the season, but my bad is that injury. Cause it's, it's bad for the 76ers for where they're trying to get to because he has been starting to contribute in more ways than he was last season for them. Yeah, no, I mean, solid choice. I'm going between two things. One is a personal thing and one, yeah, well, I'll just go. Bad was my decisions on my fantasy team yesterday to sit Joel Embiid, Kevin Porter, and Mike Conley last night. Um, nothing to do with the NBA other than the fact that it's fantasy basketball. But Joel Embiid had, you know, it was listed that he was going to be sick and maybe out for the game. Same with Kevin Porter Jr. Um, Mike Conley, I sat because I had Chris Paul and some other guys. All Joel Embiid did was play 33 points, 10 rebounds. Kevin Porter Jr., 17 points, 11 assists. And Mike Conley, 12 14 points and 12 assists combining for somewhere around 150 fantasy points still up, but there hasn't been that much bad in the NBA. I mean, we can argue that, but yeah, that's going to be my bad this week. I'll take the L on this one. What about the ugly? Uh, the warriors. I, 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 I'm going to, 
Honestly, it ha- it, it's something that has to be called out because, I mean, they're dropping games to Orlando. They're dropping games to the Heat. They're, they're dropping games left and right out here, and they're dropping games to teams that are not looked at as teams that a contender should be losing to. So the Warriors are continuing to fall in the standings. I mean, I don't even think they're in – uh playing i know it's early but i'm not sure if they're still they're 12th so they're out of they're out of play and contention again it's so early it doesn't matter but warriors are not looking great and a big part of that is is uh is who's made them look really good for the last few seasons two players that have made them look really good are starting to not help them look any better than they are now so there's just a couple of problems on that team and you know, obviously coming off of a championship, they could be having a slow start. But with how good Curry's been playing and that hasn't translated into wins and you have Clay Thompson back and you I mean, that would scare me a little bit if I was a Warriors fan, because you have all your pieces now. What What's the excuse? Well, Smoke's not going to like this show. You talking bad about the Warriors. Ghost, welcome. Uh, you're going to like this show. We're talking great about Luca and your Mavs. But my ugly is Ben Simmons. He's been – what's he been contributing? I mean, I haven't watched that much of each Nets game. Look at the box scores. I mean, he's putting up box scores that I used to put when I was in elementary school in the Biddy Ball League. Two points, three rebounds, two assists. I mean, uh, really? In 30 minutes? Like, what are you doing out there? Are you just, like, going out and standing there? I, I, I don't know what's going on. He's not even defending very well. I mean, Luca made him look silly on that crossover we talked about right now. I, I get Ben Simmons hasn't played for a year. I get he's young. I know he's coming off a back injury and back surgery, but you're getting paid $30 million a year. You're supposed to be one of the top 25 players of the year. You got to give him more than two points, three rebounds, and two assists. Got to do better than my bitty ball stats from 1994. Come on, man. Hopefully he picks it up. And he hasn't been shooting, ain't trying any jumpers. I know that was the big criticism of him in Philly. Um, and you know, the Philly fans sarcastically were, were cheering when he hit a three in exhibition or one of the three threes he hit in his last regular season in Philly. I mean, with everything going on in Brooklyn, you have an opportunity, Ben Simmons, to ball out and take all the attention off your teammates and the coaching situation. I mean, you're basically playing with house money and you're blowing it. So I don't know, Ben. I don't know what Ben Simmons is doing right now. Well, that's good, bad, and ugly for this week. Um, wanted to get one of the topics that we didn't get to last week because of time. Rumors have it that some of the NBA owners aren't happy with the current salary cap situation and structure. Uh, using the Golden State Warriors, who have a payroll of $11 billion per year, uh, they're talking about – there's rumors that the NBA is talking about implementing a hard salary cap, kind of like what they do in the NHL, kind of like what they do in – the NFL. Montana, you're a football fan. I'm a football fan as well. Um, hockey fans. What do you make of this rumor of the NBA looking to move to a hard salary cap? How do you think that's going to affect the game? I'm not a big fan of it moving to a hard cap. I'm, I'm really not. And we've seen it work in other leagues, of course, but I feel like every sports league is unique in the way they are ran. And I just see there being some potential issues with just implementing that at this point for the reasons they're implementing it, because it really feels, it just, it feels very, it feels kind of not out of nowhere, but it's very much a big change that I think would not be, wouldn't, wouldn't be positive. Again, I can see the benefits because there are benefits. We've seen it. We've seen the benefits at play in the other leagues that, that go off of this, but 
I, I don't I don't agree with it, and I don't think it's going to be good for the game. And I think the game has been moving in such a good direction, and the league has been moving in such a good direction in a lot of ways. Why would you kind of take a big step back? Because a lot of people are not going to like this. Yeah, look, the NBA right now is I, th- I think what the NBA is looking for is balance. You're looking for parity. You're looking for team everybody to compete. And I think we said it a, a, a show or two ago that there are no easy nights in the NBA, even with the bottom dwellers. You can't just walk in and show up because any team might surprise you. I mean, the Indiana Pacers, who we made fun of, primarily me over the offseason for trading Malcolm Brogdon for office supplies, are looking pretty good at five and five. And nobody expected that. You, you don't know. There's plenty of talent in this league. Um, you have a lot of teams that have duos, which I don't know. We we'll probably won't have enough time to get into the best duos of the, of the league. We'll have to get that to next week. But th- there, there's a lot of talent spread out. You have the Eastern Conference is stacked alone. I mean, there are no easy nights, especially in the East. And the West is not too much different either. So I think that, yeah, it's, it's a little bit more strategy if you were to implement a hard cap. But the biggest thing that everybody has to remember is, the Players Association has to agree with this. Why on earth would the NBA Players Association, who the NBA players are making the most money they've ever made, and they're getting in multipliers, and, and each of their salaries is going up each year because of the TV contracts and, and everything like that. Why the hell would the NBA players agree to a hard cap? Because that means that there's a cap on their salaries. Me personally, I don't see this happening. Because the next thing that's going to happen is either a lockout or a strike. And the NBA, listen, the, the players are the talent. They're the guys on the floor that we want to watch. I don't care about watching the owners. I don't care about watching Jerry Reinsdorf or, or watching James Dolan sit and watch a game. No, I care about the talent on the court. I get what they're trying to do and make it fair because Golden State has a ridiculous payroll. But if you can afford it, that's why there's a luxury tax. If, do, if you want to do anything, make tweaks to the current system. Make it even more, um, I guess, uh, more of a penalty as far as a luxury tax go. Make it so ridiculous that no one's going to want to do it. That's how you fix it. Hard cap, teams are always going to find a way around it. And even if the players do agree to it, it's going to turn into the NFL where the, player, the owners are going to want something back. Or the players are going to say, okay, get your hard cap, but we want our signing bonuses. So that way they're still making a, a, a total, a good total annual salary, if you will, like they do in the NFL. But who knows? It's just going to be a mess. What do you think of that? No, I agree. I, I think that that will just create a large disconnect between because I mean, we see a lot of other sports leagues that have really large disconnects between players and owners and GMs. And there's just a lot of disconnect that goes on. And I'm not saying hard cap is the, you know, is the culprit for all of those connections and situations. But I think we're going to see a lot of of disconnection between players and, and the associations. And I just think it's going to cause more, more harm than good. And you don't really, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And I think that it's, it's, it's worked really well. It's been something that has been a positive the way it's been set up and it, and it's worked for a while, the way that they've, the way that they've kind of set this up, obviously everything evolves and changes, but completely changing to a different format. And it just does not seem like it's going to be positive. And I think the players are not going to be very pleased with this. And again, Players Association, 
there's just there's just going to be a lot. If this does go through, there's going to be a lot of conversations and a lot of negotiate, just a lot of things that I don't think those owners and they want it. I don't think they want to deal with that. So at the end of the day, I think it's going to cause more than what the owners and, and what the, what you know people up top want to deal with. So I just don't think it's going to come to a a calm conclusion, even if it goes through like that. Yep, we're in agreement there. All right, last thing I want to touch on before we go, kind of a. Kind of a funny story here, um, depending on whose perspective you're looking at. Uh, Mavericks guard Spencer Didwitty was asked uh, in a pregame. I don't, I don't know the context of what uh, the interview question was, but basically Spencer Didwitty gave us a little peek behind what happened on the floor during a recent Mavericks game. He got a technical from uh, referee Tony Brothers, and basically I think he was asked what he thought of it. And Spencer did what he said, something along the lines of, I wish he didn't call me a bleepy, 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 bleepy. Um, <laughs> definitely not language for the kids that are watching. Montana, should this have stayed on the court? Do you side with Spencer Dinwiddie? Or what, what do you make of this? I, I, I have to sit back and chuckle at this a little bit. I... I don't I, honestly it's 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 it is a little bit on the on the humorous side but I think you know I think that definitely should stay on the court because we've seen we've seen a lot of interactions on both ends you know take place I mean players are constantly arguing with refs and refs are guys I just think there's a there's a little bit of a dynamic that players and, and refs have built up and it's not like you know expressing that is bad obviously it, it made for a pretty funny interview but I, I just don't think it's something that needs to leave the court because that's just the on court back and forth. And we've seen that on both sides for years. I, I think it's hilarious that a player is com complaining. And I think Spencer did what he made it. He was trying to be funny about it. Um, yeah. Just in jest. So this isn't a serious story or anything like that, but it, it's, it's funny to me that an NBA player is complaining that an NBA ref cussed him out. I mean, if, if you've had the privilege of sitting close anywhere close to being courtside within the first few rows, you know, you can hear some of the conversation these guys have and it's not PG rated. Let me tell you. And Spencer, I mean, well played if you were going for the humor, but if you're being serious, man, you might get teed up by brothers next time. He's a, uh, he's roughing your game. So just watch your back, man. Uh, that, that brings us to the end of episode 24 here of well beyond the arc, but this is not the only place you can find Montana and myself. Montana is working to be the most famous person in internet showbiz. Montana, tell the people what you got going on. Yeah, so I have a couple other shows. I have a Lakers show called Purple and Gold Zone. Right now it's only on Spotify, but I'm going to move it to YouTube eventually probably. But Purple and Gold Zone, episode three just dropped yesterday. I gave my top ten Lakers of all time list. And then I also addressed the Kyrie to the Lakers conversation. And I talked about Westbrook. It was a pretty full show, a lot of good stuff there. So every Monday – Purple and Gold Zone drops an episode on Spotify. And then I've got a show called The Connor and Heffernan Show on YouTube and Spotify. And that's just a complete sports overlook. We talk about a bunch of different things. We have an interview this next weekend with a former Nebraska Cornhusker and a current NFL free agent, Chris Jones. So that will be dropping this weekend. And then my third one is Video Game Talk. And I'm doing that with my buddy. We just talk about all things video game, media, technology just a fun little hour of just talking about all that stuff so we only have one episode out right now but we're planning on dropping our next episode this weekend very nice i gotta check out your your last episode about the top 10 lakers of all time see what i think of that when i'm a little bit behind but i'll get on it uh you can find my work at uh from with my sports blog just recently turned one uh i have the blog and website up for a year now uh that is the sports page blog you can find it at the sportspageblog.com 
58 entries in, uh, just Pat, just published, excuse me, a couple days ago, my list of the top 12 teams since 1990, the best teams since 1990 that didn't win the NBA championship. And these are teams that didn't win a championship in that championship window. So there's been a lot of debate online on the top four, especially, and who should have that number one spot. So please go check that out at the sportspage.com. Comment, send me a message. And what, you know, if you think I'm right, you think I'm wrong. Um, Curious to hear what your thoughts are. So, well, that's it for uh, well beyond the arc for this week. Um, we will be working on a new show time. It might either be this regular time of Tuesday at six thirty Central, seven thirty Eastern, or we may be moving it to Wednesday. So, just be on the lookout. Uh, we will try to be continue to make this a weekly show going forward, but we will try for a new date and time. So, uh, make sure make sure you subscribe to the Yankee and the Brit and hit that notification button. You'll find us. So, so long, everybody. See you guys next week.